Father, I pray that we would put our eyes upon you, that because of an opportunity to worship, that we would recalibrate where we're looking and that our eyes would be upon you and you alone. Father, I pray that you would what we read about. God, may we not just hear what you've done for us. May we respond by opening our lives to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to have you. You may be seated. And those of you that are online, uh, we, if you didn't get the message earlier, we are having uh, sharing communion in just uh, a few minutes. And when I say a few minutes, that's pastorally speaking. Uh, but uh, I want to set up an amazing service uh, online. Uh, you may want to find uh, some bread or some crackers and some juice and be prepared uh, to join us with communion in just, uh, just a few moments. Uh, so in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is helping the Ephesian people to recalibrate where they are looking for truth. Because we all know this, how you think shapes how you live your life. How you think shapes how you live your life. It is, the Bible says, guard your heart above all else. In fact, it says above all else, guard your heart for out of your heart flows the wellspring of life. And so it's so important that we know what the truth is. Uh, as we look at you who are followers of Jesus Christ. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have a couple of options on how you're going to read God's Word. Two options, really. The first option is you can approach Scripture through the lens of ever-changing culture. Approach, you can approach Scripture through the lens of ever-changing culture, meaning culture is the lens by which you interpret the Bible, or you can approach the ever-changing culture through the lens of God's timeless truths. At New Cove, we adapt to the latter. And just let me throw a couple 50-cent words at you, and then we'll jump into it. There's two options. One, the first one is you take the lens of culture, and it's not true today. And so it changes and so that, as believers, some believers adapt that kind of a lens and say, I'm going to look at my lens is going to be ever-changing culture and then try to figure out what the Bible says. And that is called eisegesis. Eisegesis, I'll share this boy. I, and uh, before, let the women keep silent in church. Half of you laugh. That is an eisegesic way for me to look at scripture because that when the, in 1 Corinthians 14 34 it has nothing to do with with women keeping silent it has everything with the culture of what was going on at the time but I didn't care it just served my purposes eisegesis reads into the passage exegesis draws out of the passage that you look at the culture you look at at content you look at the uh, grammatical draw out of scripture so we here at the culture so far uh, being you're chosen, 
your redemption till he made new, not new and improved. But the Bible says that if once you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, you are her bread for all of us. You are free and you're alive. Last week we compared and contrasted dead and alive, dead and alive. And we become alive through Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is doing in the first God's word, what is God's word? A message we say, what did God say and what are you going to do about it? And so Paul says, you need no of bringing eternal value to the people around us. It just happens automatically when you know God's word and you apply God's word and you do what it says, live by faith. Then the people around you see Jesus in you and you add eternal value to those what our possessions are in Christ and our position in Christ. And he'll, we'll explain more of that. But you are accepted, you're chosen, you're loved, you're holy, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're completely made new, you're purposed, you're free, you're alive. If you do our Bible reading, you're completely transformed. Our purpose and direction for our lives. We saw in Ephesians 1 through, or Ephesians 1, 3, it says, He has blessed us with everyone. 3 said, God has given us everything we need to live life here on this earth, knowing that the culture is changing drastically around us. God is look at verses 11 and following, and he begins to talk about the life before Christ, and he's speaking specifically to those who are not Jews at this time. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. They were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected, here it is, it affected their bodies, but not their hearts. The Bible sometimes says, you honor me with your lips, but your lives, your heart is far from me. So he says, you used to be an outside of self-rule, I'll do what I want, when I want, however much I want, if it's to be, it's up to me kind of a life. In those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship in this world without, in a life without God, what quote John Piper, that's why it is so important that we live our lives in such a way that people see Christ in us, because every person you come in contact with, part who does not know hell, unless they realize that their, their hope is in Jesus Christ. And then, when their hope is in Jesus Christ, listen to this, they're accepted, they're chosen, they're loved, they're holy, they're forgiven, they're redeemed, they're completely made. Live our lives in such a way that those people who don't know Christ have an opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. And so he says, you were living, you lived in this world, but you were without God, and we go, they have the worship of Diana, and it was this uh, awful, awful uh, situation where all kinds of gluttony and sin and, and sex took place as they would worship Diana. And so, uh, in fact, it was also said uh, that some said that in that day that it was easier to find a God than to find a man in Athens. So many plentiful God. And uh, I had no idea who it was. And this person said, uh, is this Pastor Tim? Yes, it is. I, I want to book a funeral. And I'd never heard that phrase before. I want to book a funeral. And she said, well, n no one yet. And I said, okay. Then uh, I'm going to die. And I said, I, uh, this last weekend, you were leaving the funeral. Even any <laughs> oh, you. So that would hurt. Fine, I just want you to know where I stand and what the Bible says. She goes, I don't believe any of this. And she said, but you're still good to do my funeral. I'm still good to do your funeral. We're friends. So let's book it. Just not a year uh, later, 
uh, I get a call from this lady, and she says, uh, Pastor Tim, uh, they've given me just a, a, a few weeks to live, and she said, get me where I want to go. I said, how about if Karen and I, she prayed to receive Christ? Self-rule, self be rule the center. Out every time, hopelessness covered that. Uh, depression is deep persecuted. Christ can cause all things to work together for good to those who trust him, who read God's So this was the situation they were, the, the, the uh, Gentiles were in. They were without God, self-rule, trying to make life work apart from God, and all their hope was dissipating because they were putting their hope in this is uh, similar to, it parallels the but God phrase in Ephesians 2.4, but look at verse 13. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near. It's what unifies us to God. Not something we do. Not, uh, we're not on a new and improved program. You will never hear from us try harder except in jest. Because it, it's, it's Christ who's done all the work for us. It's what he did on the new life. That, that we have, have a, a brand new uh, uh, inheritance because of what Christ has done for us. Not what we have done for ourselves. So what Paul does is in the mission in history. Jesus Christ reconciled Jews and Gentiles. Here it is. He reconciled both himself and in the holy body of the church. Look at verse 14. For Jesus Christ has brought in peace people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. You cannot find greater extreme than referred to as just nasty dogs from the Jewish standpoint. They would have nothing to do with them. But Jesus Christ himself brought, and it's in Christ alone. He united Jews and Gentiles. He united them into one people, went in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us to one another. Christ alone. He has brought two extremes together. Christ alone. Let me, he united Democrats, Independents, and Republicans. You know, you could give me a little bigger response. He denied it, he united Democrats, Independents, and Republicans. Mm. I so want to say something. Christ has called us to represent him. Not political party absolutely not but how to worship when they christ is who brought us together and so we treat one another recognizing we are the family of god and absolutely happen but your opinion should be should be filtered through the fact of i am christ's representative and so as i conduct myself in this world i conduct myself with the hope of pointing people to jesus christ is that no foreigner this is what our archaeologists have found in an inscription of Herod's temple. This is how divided they were at the time. No foreigner may enter within doing so will have himself to blame. You talk about a 
the cross law with his commandments and his regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles. Here it is. By creating himself one new people from the two groups. So in Christ, he knew, and this one new people that incorporates Jews and Gentiles, the extremes, is called the church. That is what unites us. Verse 17, he brought, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who had far was the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Dr. Tony Evans, what he says about this passage. The reason we have a church is because we have not fully and properly understood that lines don't see themselves based on factors such as race. This doesn't mean instead these legitimate embrace our differences. We're at peace with dysfunctions. It doesn't mean we have what would be if we all agreed on everything. We live in the good news of peace. If you do not see yourself belonging to this, no race or don't mix. But you see, there's an exception. When you add an emulsifier, it allows two liquids to mix that don't normally mix. The atonement didn't otherwise mix. In the midst of hostility, Jesus not only brings peace, Jesus is our peace, Christ and Christ alone. He is the emulsifier. That distinctions among us and differences of opinions, but we pull together. What unifies us is our commitment to Jesus Christ. Look at verses 18 and 19. But now, all of this is what, what Christ has done for us. So, now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers. You're not foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. What unifies us is the blood of Jesus. What unifies the church is a diverse family united through Jesus. He finishes up in verse 20, says, Together, the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. And we are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are all being is the cornerstone. That is who unifies us. That is who, who give, live differently than others around us because we're living by what God's word is. That is true. We treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we live our lives by applying God's word. We do what it says which then gives us an opportunity to breathe him. And that is not God's desire or design. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. I have now concentrated all to self and alone. Find uh, your phone and you can put in the numbers 402-260-2400 and then just type. And as you put in prayer requests, uh, in this, as you put in prayer requests, I want you to know that we're going to pray that you would live your life with Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. And Jesus Christ, that he would be your cornerstone. 
if you want to respond and want to have conversation, we would love to have conversation with any of you. We would be honored to spend some time with you this week in conversation about that. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray, God, I pray, and I want to thank you, and thank you that you are the great emulsifier, that there can be differences of opinions, there can be distinctions all over this, this, this uh, through our church. Father, may we live our lives as you being the cornerstone, that our hope would be in you and not in someone or some few moments may of the blood of Jesus. Just a moment, uh, we'll be receiving parts to your together, and then you can peel the, and I, I hope and pray that you